everybody. This is Nicole Greer, the Vibrant Coach, and I am all excited to bring you our fourth our fourth and final episode about love in this month of February, and I'm really excited about this uh, message because it is about laying the foundation of teamwork, and that foundation of teamwork is L-O-V-E. So here is the deal. You guys out there who are trying to do teamwork with a bunch of people who don't want to be on a team, that is why this is frustrating. Uh, I find all the time when I work with groups that they have got this group of people that they want me to get in the room with and do team building, right? But then you've got like three categories of people inside the room. You've got people that are truly in love with the idea of doing teamwork, right? And then you've got a second group of people who are on vacation. They're like, it, it all pays the same. It doesn't matter to me. I'll be in the room if I need to be in this room because i got to do my eight hours and go home anyway, so it doesn't really matter to me. And since I don't have to be at my desk and check an email, I'll just kind of hang out and observe and, you know, see what happens. So they're just kind of on vacation for the day. Then you have the third type of person that comes in and starts talking about um, the day, and they are what I like to call the hostages. You know, these are the people that are frustrated that they even have to do team building, that they even got invited, uh, and that the CEO or the leader or the department head is insisting that we all be a team because truth-telling, honesty, and candor, they would just rather be left on their own island to do what they need to do so they can go home and do their thing at 5.30. So, you know, those are the three types of people that are in the room. And I'm telling you, as a leader, as a leader, you have got to get with each individual person and you've got to show them what love is. And that means that you're going to explain L-O-V-E to them. So teamwork may make the dream work, but teamwork is impossible without vibrant individuals bringing themselves fully to the team. And that requires a one-on-one meeting between the leader and the person that's on the team. So your team's members really need healthy framing about the strategies and systems and smarts that must be carried out in order to turn that dream that the team can make happen into a reality. And so the framework for our blog talk radio today is this framework of love, L-O-V-E. And when each team member embraces the mental models of learning, openness, vision, and enthusiasm, okay, then we are going to have a whole new level of performance. And we need to stop trying to do the teamwork before we got the right mental models embraced in the brains of each individual contributor. So I'm going to help you today get a strategy, get a system in place so that you can make your people smart about teamwork uh, and help your team fall in love with doing teamwork, right? So so here's the thing. Let's work through the acronym L-O-V-E. Now, the, the first mental model, that every person on your team needs to have in place is this mental model of learning, okay? If you do not get people in the room that want to learn today, what is the point, right? I mean, (laughs) come on. If you've got people coming in the room who are resistant to any kind of intellectual stimulus, 
you have a huge problem with that individual team player. And so you need to go to them and you need to say to them, I need you to up your learning. I need you to up your game. You know, it's just like, you know, going to school uh, is just like working inside of a business. I mean, you don't, one of the problems with our society and our thinking is that we think, oh, we go to school, then we go to college, and then we're done. We're done learning. And that is not the case. You know, in this rapidly changing, you know, seriously quick transfer of information that happens in our our global environment today, everybody on the team has to be what we like to call a lifelong learner. And so when you bring them together for team building, one of the number one mental models they need to have is, I'm here to learn. Like, you're here to contribute, and we know you already have intelligence and you already have genius, but you don't have it all. So, you know, the collective group is the group of people that we really, really want to get the information out of. And it may be that an outside source, like somebody like a vibrant coach, one of the vibrant coaches, comes and gives you a new tool, teaches you a new uh, coaching philosophy that goes into your leadership and teamwork toolbox, and you start to use it. So you're going to have to go through what we call a learning curve. Now, when I worked with... um, Uh, the Center for Creative Leadership and Rotary, they gave me this tool, and, buddy, I put it in my toolbox, and I use it all the time. And it's basically what they call the anatomy of a learning curve. Now, if you would like a document that gives you the anatomy of a learning curve, all you have to do is email uh, info at the Vibrant Coach, and I will get this off to you. But it is so cool to see the learning curve drawn out, okay? So if you're a visual learner, this is really, really helpful. But we all have heard this, like, I'm going through a learning curve, right? But we don't stop and slow down and really look at the value of going through a learning curve. And and here's the thing you need to do. When you have employees come onto your team, whether they've been with the company for a very long time or you're onboarding them for the first time, you need to explain to them this anatomy of a learning curve so that they understand you will go through lots of these. I mean, like, this is the mental model. This is the framework. We learn lots of stuff here. That's what we do. We are in the business of learning. And so the learning curve, when you look at it, it it basically states that, you know, as you're moving through your life, you know, your current performance is the result of all your prior learning. And if you do not keep learning, at some level, you're going to just level off and get in your comfort zone. And these are some of the people that you are inviting to the team building sessions, right, that you're inviting me to, to facilitate, is that you're inviting people to this session who are totally comfortable. They don't want to learn anything new. They are good to go. I'm full. I'm done. I can't eat another thing, right? They have bellied up to the buffet of learning, and they're totally done. But what we need is, like, hungry people, right? And so we want people who see, oh, my gosh, you know, I need to learn something new, or I need to up my game. So if you're an organization that has salespeople, I mean, some salespeople I know, they think, I've been doing this 20 years, I got it, but hello, Sales has changed. It's become much more complicated, and the sales channels through which you can sell things and network, it has just exploded with technology. So, you know, we have got to put things in place where, you know, we want to learn some more. So instead of being comfortable, we want to identify that I absolutely have an opportunity for learning. And when we come together as a team, that also is an opportunity for learning. 
So when you get to that level where you realize, I have an opportunity, you're going to have to learn that new thing. So let's say that you're going to learn this new thing. It's going to be messy. So just like a toddler, you know, begins walking, right, they don't just all of a sudden decide I'm going to stand up and walk. No, they get up, they fall down, they get up, they fall down, and eventually they get up and they run. And that is what the learning curve is about, is that at first things are going to get messy. So in order to learn, your performance actually may drop at first. And I think this is the very, very scary thing for people. They're like, I'm good, I'm doing good. But they're not doing great. And in order to to do great, they might have to do mediocre for a short period of time while they go through a learning curve around a piece of technology, around a new client, around uh, a new market that they are going to enter. So they've got to go against the grain, right? And so we call this going against the grain. And, you know, the acronym for that is GAG, right? (laughs) So, you know, that is so cool. I love that. And so the thing is, is that people don't want to go through learning curves because they have to like, you know, kind of choke on the idea that I don't know everything. Your ego gets a little burst and you find yourself, you know, having to work harder. Hello. And that's why you get paid usually more every year because you get a cost of living increase. You get more money because you learn things. I mean, one of the big things out there that I see with lots of organizations is people think if they just stay in the same job, do the same thing year after year, they deserve more money. And the reality is is that you should be a better employee, a more robust contributor every single year. And if you do that, then you are rewarded. So going through these learning curves uh, is absolutely ginormous. Now, once you identify your opportunity for learning and you go against the grain and you learn new techniques, you learn to crawl, then walk, then run, then you're going to absolutely explode in your performance because you're going to take all your prior learning, lay this new learning on top of it, and you are going to just shoot up in performance and you're going to go to a new level of excellence. And so you will go from good to great. Now, if you do not have people on your team who want to learn, you are going to simply just coast along in your comfort zone. And to me, that there's a very simple word for that, and that's called mediocrity, right? So we're doing fine, we're doing good, and you just coast right along. And, and the thing is, is there's a level between your current level of performance and what could be. And in that space is learning, okay? So the first part of getting the team to work, to make the dream work, to make the dream turn into a reality, is learning. So as a leader, you have got to, got to, got to, got to challenge people to go through the learning curve. It is just not negotiable, all right? So that is the first L. But here's the thing. Haven't you ever really challenged somebody to do something uh, that they, they full well know they need to do it? And, you know, they might even be frustrated or irritated with you because you're like, you need to learn this, okay? You need to do this. I mean, they're like, they're like resistant. They don't, they don't want to do it. But then when they do it, they're like coming back to you like, thank you so much for helping me, right? Right? So it's like we have to be the mature ones, the us leaders, right, and like get folks to go through these learning curves. All right. So the next thing, the O in our 
acronym today, our O, is all about being open. And I think in teams and when you're about to do teamwork, it is essential that you are going to get your people uh, to be curious, right? And uh, unfortunately, I think that curiosity is a, a skill that people have kind of lost. Uh, you know, what's really weird is like when you're born, you're you're so curious. I mean, you are on data uh data seeking, you know, missile, right? Like when you're a little kid, you're touching everything, looking at everything, tasting everything, exploring everything. And then like as you get older, uh, when you're disciplined by people who are older than you or told to sit in a chair and be still and be quiet and don't mess with anything, you know, kind of all of your curiosity gets beaten out of you, right? And it's it's very, very sad. And so now we've got a, a, a whole bunch of adults coming to our teamwork, right, to our team training, and they're not very curious. You know, their, their question is, why am I here? But that has really nothing to do with <laughs> with a true curiosity about, like, why am I here, right? Like, there's a whole difference in the why am I here question. And so what we want to do is we want to uh, really provide environments in our teamwork processes where people are seriously curious and where transparency can take place. And then there's this really great thing called truth-telling, honesty, and candor. And those things, you know, getting in a room and people not getting offended by every single comment, okay, when people are just sharing what they believe, okay? So openness is, it's a, it's a challenge, uh, you know, but there are some tools you can use, okay? So here, here's the deal. Uh, I have heard twice in, in this week, isn't that, you know, the creator is on my side this week, twice this week I have heard either a podcast or a speaker at the front of the room talk about doing check-ins at the beginning of meetings. And I just think this is great great stuff, right? And so just last month I had a team meeting with the Vibrant Coaches. I'm going to have one next week. And, you know, we basically were standing in my in my kitchen having coffee and eating protein bars, and we were, t- we were talking about our lives. And, you know, pretty much the agenda got shot for the first hour and ten minutes or whatever because it was just like, we needed to find out where is everybody, you know, like are you here or are you physically here and your brain is somewhere else? Uh, what's going on with you? And we got like connected, right? We got connected at the heart. Uh, and then at that point we can dive into the agenda for the day. Now, I know in corporate America or wherever you're at, you can't have an hour and ten-minute check-in. Uh, I get that. All of us work remotely, so it probably, you know, was good to have that hour and ten-minute check-in. Now, you know, in corporate America, in the, you know, the formal organization, you know, you're in your nonprofit meetings, uh, it is very good to go around and kind of have that check-in and just like, how's it going? What's going on with you? Give me your high for the week. Give me your low for the week. Right, And so then we just kind of see a range of, like, your humanity. What's going on with you? So do a check-in. That will get your people in a space of curiosity, transparency, and it will help them practice truth-telling, honesty, and candor. Now, the second thing that you can do as a tool to really create openness inside of your organization is to do this process. You've heard me talk about it before on past episodes, 
but it is so important to do the art of dialogue. This is a formal collaboration, uh, collaborative coaching tool that you need to master as a leader and be unapologetic about how, quote-unquote, weird it is at first to do it. Uh, but it is imperative that we get the genius out of the room. So uh, I have lots of information on the art of dialogue. You can check it out on my blog. Um, you can email me, and I'll send you a document. But together, uh, when you do the art of dialogue, you're going to create transparency and curiosity that's going to help you create a common pool of information and understanding between yourself and everybody else in the room. And and then everything you do as a team member relies on combining these two things, transparency and curiosity. Because when you're transparent, others learn what you know, what you think, and what you feel. And when you're curious, you are wanting to learn what other people think, know, and feel. See, so curiosity is like I want to know what you're thinking, what you're knowing, and what you're feeling. And then the flip side is I'm going to share what I know, think, and feel. So it's it's really a two-sided coin. So you've got to do the curiosity and the transparency. Now, while you're doing the transparency and the curiosity, you're going to definitely, definitely need to practice truth-telling, honesty, and candor. Okay, now, here, here here's the thing. Uh, people are not mind readers. Uh, you do not have a crystal ball, a Ouija board, or fairy dust at work, and odds are you don't have ESP. So you have got to uh, begin to learn to articulate uh, what is going on in your brain. And so you have to become somewhat of a public speaker, right? And you have to learn to become an extemporaneous speaker. And that is why I totally tell all of my clients and everybody I work with, you need to go to Toastmasters, okay? You need to practice speaking what you're thinking. Uh, We need you to contribute. That's why we hired you, all right? Now, here's the thing. Uh, being transparent and being curious and practicing truth-telling, honesty, and candor is not permission to be rude or to be blunt or to be offensive, okay? Because sometimes if you give people, you know, uh, the proverbial inch, they will take a mile, and that is not what we're talking about here because when you are blunt and rude and offensive, that is going to create some serious uh, unproductivity, right? You know, you're going to get people offended and it's going to be ugly. But there is like this approach that's actually found um, in the book of James about being gentle but forthright, meaning that, you know, I am going to address this situation. I'm going to call it my you know, my view, my perspective, I'm not going to speak for the whole group, and I'm going to put forth into the group what I really, really think about the situation. I'm going to back it up with with what I know, think, and feel, and I'm going to deliver it in a way so that my tone is appropriate, my words are appropriate, and, you know, I'm acting like a statesman. Right, or I'm acting like a real contributor. I'm not acting like uh, somebody who is like sassy and trying to stir the pot. Okay, so practicing this truth-telling, honesty, and candor is not permission uh, to be ugly. Period. So now we've got our L covered. You got to be uh, talking to people one-on-one about. I really need you to be learning, right, and challenging your people to go through learning curves. So when they come to the teamwork process. Learning is a normal behavior. It's a normal mental model. 
when you have your one-on-ones as a leader with your people, you're going to talk openly, honestly, truth-telling, honesty, candor. Uh, and then when they come to the group, this is a normal behavior. All right. So the third letter in our acronym today for love is vision. And what I'm talking about here is really, really important. I think for the most part um, we're very handicapped out there about vision because we do not think in terms of what is possible. We only think in terms of what is probable. So we're keeping ourselves very, very small. Now, if a leader kind of is that natural-born leader who is a visionary, uh, it is great for um, them to articulate their vision. But what I'm noticing, again, is that we're not able to articulate it in a really meaningful way. So when you have a vision for the future, a vision for the organization, and you're trying to give it to the team, and you want the team to get on board, what you need to do together is identify the, you know, the strategies and the goals that are measurable that support the vision, right? So it's great to say we're going to be number one, but what what does that mean? Like where are we going to be number one? In some magazine that is like polling the number one retail chain or does number one mean like in our own minds? I mean, how how do we measure this number one? It's kind of like it's got a number, but we don't we don't know who we're measuring ourselves against and we don't know the criteria to get to number one. Or sometimes people say, we want to be the most excellent organization or we want to be, you know, proud and we want to be committed and creative. But like how, how already do you want to be these things? And so you've got to figure that out. So the the leader needs to go one-on-one to each person and have this dialogue so that the vision is shared, right? And so that it's it's easy for these people to see what they need to do in order to become excellent or to become creative or to be proud or to be number one. So the team needs a great vision of the future, and they need those strategic plans written down. And and the vision shouldn't be some elusive pie-in-the-sky concept. It's a written-down, articulated story of the future backed up with strategies that you're going to put into place and carry out systems that are going to provide a conduit for success. And then like SMARTS, as we like to say at Vibrant Coaching, which means like here's, here's little things we know work. Right, So little, little habits that we're going to put in place, but we know that are really, really huge. So before you bring anybody to the team building process, you sure do need to get them in a room uh, one-on-one as a leader and talk to them about the vision for the process. You know, This is what I see us having an outcome be, right? And here's where you'll be. Here's where I'll be. Here's where our team will be. Here's what I'm concerned about. Here's what I'm excited about. All of those things need to be part of the vision. All right, so finally, we are at the E, which is um, the E in love, which is the foundation for all teamwork is love, is that we have this thing of enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is absolutely huge. Now, I I love the definition of enthusiasm, uh, but I want to tell you kind of like the word itself, if you break it down, you know, there's E-N, which is kind of like in, I-N. And then thuz is is the word for like God or spirit. So it's kind of like when you have enthusiasm, you're spirited, right? Or you know you feel like you're you're really on purpose. Like there is a seriously good reason why you do the work you do. It it is an internal kind of like spiritual energy that's like 
we we do incredible work here. The work we do changes lives or it you know, it impacts the marketplace in a really powerful way so people can make money and pay their mortgage and send their children to school and put braces on their teeth. You know, this enthusiasm is just so, so important. Now, some people have loud enthusiasm, like moi, and some people have a more quiet enthusiasm. But, buddy, it is still there. They may work quietly and silently, but they are moving mountains. They are getting stuff done. So it doesn't have to be loud and raucous. It can be quiet. But here's the, here's the definition from the dictionary. It says that enthusiasm is intense, eager enjoyment, interest, approval, and excitement about your work. <laughs> okay? Now, again, when you're going to have a team-building event, it is imperative, imperative that you go one-on-one to people and you – you you talk to them and you say, I really want us to enjoy this time together. Uh, I want to find out what you're interested in. I want your approval. Yes, the leader is asking the, the team for their approval, okay, because you got to get what they call buy-in, right? And I want to make sure you're excited about what's going to happen and where we're headed. You know, this is really, really, really exciting stuff. And so if you're not in there talking about how it's exciting – they might think it's optional. You know, I, in fact, you know, this is so crazy, but, I mean, when I say this out loud, it, it almost seems ridiculous to me, but I get invited to do team-building events and um, where the whole team is going to come together. So we're pro- pulling people off of their job, and then the leader doesn't even show up. Now, doesn't that sound ridiculous? <laughs> but I'm telling you, it happens. It happens all the time. You know, it's like, why are we all being brought together for team training and, like, the leader's not even here? It is, it blows my mind. So the thing is, is that, you know, if you, as leader, do not have some serious enthusiasm about this teamwork we're about to do, this team building day, this meeting we're about to have, and, heck, you don't even show up, it, it's, it, there's no love. There's totally no love in the room, okay? So you got to show up. Now, here's the thing. If somebody has enthusiasm, you can kind of see it because it is palpable. I mean, like the energy in the room is palpable. And so enthusiasm is really an energy. And if you understand the SHINE coaching methodology, you know that there are six energies. And so the six energies are intellectual energy, emotional energy, spiritual energy, physical energy, social energy, and the energy of money. And the leader needs to have their pulse beaten to all six of those, taking care of themselves, which is why we do life coaching at Vibrant Coaching. Uh, If you're a leader and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how can I do all this? I'm worn out, I'm tired, I'm whatever. You need a coach, okay, to get you going the right direction. Work on your self-assessment, your habits, your integrity, your next right steps, and uh, get your energy going. But enthusiasm has all six of these energies behind it, okay? Even if somebody's not operating on all six cylinders, you know, if they have three of these, they can still contribute in a powerful way. So let's just kind of look at um, the energies and and observe what they do for the team building, right? So uh, if somebody comes with a strong intellectual energy, that means that they're going to come and share with us what they know. Okay, so instead of like letting the facilitator or the coach, you know, the vibrant coach at the front of the room do all the heavy lifting, 
you know, there's going to be a person in the room who says, I know about this too, and I'm going to contribute. I mean, I want to be part of teaching this this whole process. I want to collaborate, right? And so bringing in intellectual energy and contributing to the knowledge in the room is absolutely huge to make the team work. Now, the second thing is is an emotional energy, right? So it doesn't matter if the emotional energy is negative or positive, but it is that ability to put it in the space, right? So if you come in the space and you disagree, come on. Let's, you know, let's do some healthy conflict. Or if you come in the room and you're like, this concept we're talking about is essential. I love it. We need to do it, right? And so this loving it or I hate it, either way, it's going to put energy in the room and get people moving. And that's what we really need with our teams. I mean, that's how we get through these learning curves, right, is through movement. you got to get up and get root moving. Now, the third energy is spiritual, and that's what I was talking at the beginning when I was talking about the root of enthusiasm, that it was like in God or in spirit. And when we do work that has purpose and meaning, it's like we're doing it for something that's bigger than ourselves, right? So, I mean, I go to work to get a paycheck just like the other, you know, 100% of the world. But I want to go into the space uh, with this really healthy enthusiasm that I know that my work, I do get a paycheck, but bottom line is I'm going to leave people better than I found them. And if I leave people better than I found them, I leave the world better than, than I found it. Right, and so I'm part of like this movement towards you know like peace, right, or love, which is our acronym today. All right, so then there's physical energy, and so when you come to the team building space, you need to be able to use your body. It is so important for our wellness to be in a great place. Um, you know, you got to be fit enough to do team building exercises, move your body, move around the room, um, and so we got to really work on that. Then, of course, there is social energy. You know, uh, if our team does well, that's going to affect other people in the marketplace. It's going to increase competition. It's going to help other people in different parts of my organization. When they see us doing amazing things, it's going to rally them to do amazing things. So social energy is important. And then, of course, there's money. And bottom line is, if you're a leader, you've probably been tasked with putting some money in the bank and getting people to work. And so we really got to look at what our stewardship is like. So if you bring people to team building, it is an investment. And so the leader has to go do these one-on-ones and get these four mental models in place. It is And so let's just review real quick. So if you want to lay the foundation for some serious teamwork, you're going to have to do some serious love. You're going to make sure that everybody on your team has learning mindset, an openness mindset, a vision mindset, and an enthusiasm mindset. All right, this was a ton of information, so you're going to have to listen to this blog talk radio show again. You're going to need to take notes, or better yet, sign up with a vibrant coach for a coaching session or with myself. Invite me in to do some team building with your group, and maybe I can help you. I know I can help you. Uh, do some one-on-ones, teach you how to do that as a leader. So let's let's shift the culture. Let's get some teamwork moving, and uh, let's finish February strong with some serious love. So listen, guys, um, coming up in March, March 18th, is the Shine Retreat. This is a one-day, pull-yourself-away-from-the-world kind of day to do self-assessment, that's the S, habit work, which is the H, some serious integrity work, which is the I, 
next right step work. Let's write down some goals for the next space of time, and then let's talk about how our energy is. And let's do some serious coaching. Uh, You need at least five. There are five Shine Retreats a year. None of them repeat. They all have different information in them. But you need at least five days a year to pull yourself away, do some coaching, so you can come back and you can perform. All right? So take some time out. Check it out at www.vibrantcoaching.com. And do not forget, you can have a free 30-minute mini session uh, with one of my coaches by simply emailing me at info at the Vibrant Coach. I will find out what you are looking for and hook you up with the best coach uh, that has a program that will fit your needs. So it has been great being with you today. The sun is shining in beautiful Lake Norman. Uh, Get out there and have a vibrant day. Hurry into Old Navy tomorrow and Sunday to get jeans for the whole family on sale. Just $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Plus, starting tomorrow, redeem your super cash to save even more at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Super cash valid 6-3 to 6-11. Jeans valid 6-3 to 6-4. Select styles only. Hurry into Old Navy tomorrow and Sunday to get jeans for the whole family on sale. Just $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Plus, starting tomorrow, redeem your super cash to save even more at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Super cash valid 6-3 to 6-11. Jeans valid 6-3 to 6-4. Select styles only.